Now I think we have some audio from me. Hello, everybody. Oh, I was reflecting on how great this was going. Like, down to the minute. We started right at 10. <laughs> Worship was done at 10.30. We had a five-minute video from Gabe. I'm like, this is just going so well. Uh, I, uh, I was just going to be miming a bunch of things to everybody online that we prioritize. <laughs> so, um, Welcome. It's great to, I was actually going to even make a joke because I saw Gabe pull out his phone to take like a selfie or something. So I was going to just kind of embarrass him. <laughs> but here we are. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, I'm going to get into the day. Today is Reflection Sunday. And uh, the first Sunday of the newest of years. And I often think about how arbitrary New Year's is. I, I, those in here, do you guys ever believe that? Yeah, it's kind of arbitrary. You online, feel free to say, like, weigh in. Is, is New Year's an arbitrary thing? Or is it like a huge thing? I, I kind of look at it as like, what is time? What is calendars? What are dates? And just kind of like spiral. And then I, I start thinking about like the tools and uh, how it allows us to do things as a construct. But there is something very valuable about markers and moments. And so then that allows me to kind of think about New Year's as a, an opportunity to celebrate, whether it's arbitrary or not. And celebrations and markers allow us to be shaped. It helps form us. It helps grow us. It helps make us uh, continually reflective. And that's what today is. Reflection it has a huge formative power in our lives. Uh, for, for some of us, we make the New Year's resolutions. Uh, online, I would love for you to type in, not your New Year's resolutions, but some of the classics. If you really want to share yours and see how people feel about it, go right ahead. Just don't put your name with it, right? Just be like, oh, someone once thought about doing this as a resolution. Uh, there's others, and if, if that is your resolution, best of luck, right? Uh, for others, some of us are more like New Year's restitution, right? We, we didn't do great last year. We, we made some mistakes, and, and this year is going to be the year that we fix it. It's kind of not just like betterment, but like how do we make up for what we did last year? So we might be the New Year's restitution person. And I think both, the, both those are valuable, but we as a society have a practice, and that's something I want to celebrate. Because we as a, a culture, we actually take time to look back on New Year's. We, we take time to reflect and evaluate what happened. We had uh, Abby share opportunities, a way to look back through our scripture. We had uh, Gabe in his children's video giving us three practical ways to do so. And as a culture, actually having the time alongside everybody else. Because culture cha- shapes us, it changes us, it moves us as well. So it's great that we can celebrate that attribute from our culture around us to take time to reflect because our culture, 99.999% of the time, is full force forward, right? Onto the new and the next. By the time you get your new phone shipped to you, the next one's already on production. And it's like, oh, well, I already feel bad about my new phone because it's going to be replaced in like two hours. And we have this opportunity at the beginning of the arbitrary construct of a year, right, to reflect. And so we as a church, as a, a community, Embrace this. We have the first Sunday of every year is our Reflection Sunday because it's important to us to reflect, to look back and engage with that for a well-lived life. And that's part of our journey as Christians is to identify that our lives can always be more well-lived, not just by hard constructs, not just by things that we want to do, but by holding up what we've lived, our experiences, and what we're going through to God. And so that's the practice of Reflection Sunday. And that's why we take the first Sunday 
of the year to carve out time to reflect as a community, to look what God has done in 2021. Next year, we 2022, we'll be looking back at. But for every year, we want to take time to look back. There's a quote I came across that I think helps put passion into reflection. Uh, so I'm going to share it, obviously. I wasn't just going to be a teaser here. Uh, the, the, the quote says, What we remember is what we really care about. What we remember is what we really care about. And if you don't like that quote, forget I even said it. But for those that you want to embrace it, what we remember is what we care about. So today's passage is going to be from Joshua 4. And if you're new to the faith, I'm going to give a, a, a bit of a framework of what it all looks like, the overarching narrative of how we got to this point of the passage. And if you have been around for the church for quite a while, you might have forgotten or it might be hard to place what is happening where, how does it fit into the larger story. So we're going to jump back to a story that a lot of people know, this guy named Moses. Moses was called by God by a burning bush to help him free the people, the Israelites, from slavery. It has the great quote that a lot of us would know, is, let my people go. So then Moses gets his people out. God is guiding them into the wilderness. And you come across this point where the, the Egyptian uh, pharaoh is like, yeah, that was a bad idea. Why did we let them go? Sends out his armies after them. Now you have like this slow speed pursuit, right? Because it's like a massive group of people. So it's not moving very fast. But you see them coming in and it's like, oh no, we've cornered ourselves. We are undone. Like, God, why did you lead us out here for destruction? And then God moves. Right, the suspenseful moment. How's God going to do it? What's going to happen? Water's part. What? All right, so they all just book it across the dry ground to the other side. Whew, but it's still a slow speed pursuit. They're coming still. Oh, no. And then the waters crash in on the pursuing army that was going to take God's people back into slavery. The story continues of then those people well, being amazed, celebrating what God has done, and then they kind of get confused. They kind of just like start focusing on like, terrible things, what they want, upset, grumbling with God, and uh, they end up wandering for 40 years, right? The, the wandering goes, God is still with them, he's guiding them by day, he's with them at night, and the people are learning more and more of who God is through this wandering time. It comes to the point where Moses is removed from leadership, he, uh, he wasn't able to go into the promised land, it's time to go into the promised land, so they have a new leader named Joshua come up, he's replacing Moses. And so we are entering into the, that part of the story where Moses is no longer, Joshua is the leader, and it's time to enter the promised land. So in jo uh, Joshua chapter 3, we see that Moses has moved on, the river has split. This, the same thing that's kind of happened with Moses' leadership is now happening here with Joshua. A, a river is opening up to let people walk across dry land. So it's a callback to what happened before, but also a celebration that God is now doing something very similar that he did with Moses, now with the people through Joshua as their leader. So here we are, passage, uh, Joshua chapter 4. I'll read that, and then I'll pull out a few things I think might help us uh, reflect into this year. All right. <clears throat> when the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and to carry them over with you and put them down in the place where you are to stay tonight. So Joshua called together 12 men who he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. 
Each of you take up a stone and put it onto your shoulders, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, to serve as the sign among you in the future. When your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When, when it crossed the Jordan, the water of the Jordans were cut off. The stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. forever. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, as the Lord had told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to their camp, where they put them down. Joshua set up the 12 stones that they might be in the middle of the, or that were in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priests who had carried the ark of the covenant stood. And they are there to this day. Now the priests who carried the ark remained in the middle of the Jordan until every, everything the Lord had commanded had, was done by the people, just as Moses had directed Joshua. The people hurried over, makes sense. The people hurried over, and as soon as they had crossed, the ark of the Lord and the priests from the other side uh, while the priests were watching, uh, then the men of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh crossed over, ready for battle, in front of the Israelites, as Moses had directed them. About 40,000 armed for battle crossed before the Lord to the plains of Jericho for war. That day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all of Israel, and they all stood in awe of him all the days of his life, just as they had stood in awe of Moses. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Command the priests carrying the ark of the covenant of the law to come out of the Jordan. Then Joshua commanded the priests, Come up from the Jordan. The priests came up out of the river, carrying the ark of the Lord, uh, covenant of the Lord. No sooner that their feet were stepped on dry grounds than the waters of the Jordan returned to the place, that the place and ran at full flood stage as before. On the tenth day of the first month, the people went from the Jordan and camped at Gilgad on the eastern border of Jericho. And Joshua said at Gilgad, set at Gilgad the twelve stones that they had taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, In the future, when your descendants ask your parents, What do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he did to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the people of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful, and so that you might, might always fear the Lord your God. So a long, longer story, a bunch of refrains over and over and over and over again, because we know that one of the things of hearing the same thing over again allows you to remember it better. The main point of the passage is to remember what God has done. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to pull out three things I think might help us uh, engage with the passage, but also engage with our past, and allow us to step into the new year, uh, focusing on God and embracing what he has done in our lives. Lord, I invite you here. Lord, we know that you love your church. Lord, we know that you have done mighty things. Lord, that you have moved in many people's lives. Lord, we know that this past year, the years before, there's always something that's been hard, and you've been present. Lord, we always know that there's something that we need to discern and you've been willing to engage with us. Lord, we pray that today as we look at your scriptures, as we look at this past year, Lord, that you help us see your glory, what you have done, how you've been present. Lord, the spots that we might have even missed you. Lord, we, we ask that you help us train our ears to hear you, that you guide our hearts to look and search for what you have been doing. 
Lord, we invite you to join us this morning and be our true teacher. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray. So the three things I want to pull out from this passage that I think might help us engage with 2021, the first is the intentional act of remembering. As I had talked about in the beginning part of this, is like it, culturally we have an opportunity to engage with the, the waves of our culture who think back over this past year. But remembering is so much more important than once a year kind of thing. Here we see in verse 12 that they collected 12 stones. Right? This wasn't a passive act. It wasn't like they were walking across, oh, this is a neat stone, and they just happened to bring 12 stones with them. They intentionally sent 12 people to get 12 stones while it was going on. They set up markers. They had the idea of remembering what was going on because they knew that this was a big moment. And they said that, you know what, we tend to forget big moments. So they listened to God. They, they brought these stones and they brought them as a mem- uh, memorial, as a, a thing that would remind them, but also future generations. The other thing is that we understand the value of remembering. In verse 6, it says, these, this, this memorial, these stones... Uh, will serve as a sign among you in the future when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Right? We as a culture, we have a terrible memory. We, we like to trust technology to tell us things. Like how many of you ever get the message from Facebook, this is what happened a year ago, five years ago, seven years ago, 12 years ago. Facebook likes to remind me of my, my posts from 12 years ago. I can tell you that they are book worthy. They were great, great quotes and great ideas, great insight from 12-year younger Brad. I, I don't remember all the things I wrote. I don't remember all the things I had gone through 12 years ago. But technology is what we rely on. But here we see that they have placed something in their camp, something alongside their lives to help them remember this dramatic moment, to orient themselves in their, in their, their spiritual walk and, and their physical walk. They are knowing that God has moved in their past, not just here, but even Red, the Red Sea, it's, it's making a full connection to their history, bringing the past into the present so then their future is all connected. We also see uh, in verse 24 uh, that the future is based on God's activity in the past. Right? Verse 24 says, He did this so that all the people of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God is that the, this wasn't just like, oh yeah, God was with us a time before. Yeah, we have these stones, right? Kids, remember how we had stones when we grew up? Yeah, it was so great. It's the point of remembering, the point of seeing where God has moved is to help us orient ourselves to God's mighty name, to the power that he has, to the things that he is doing, that we may live our life in relationship to him, into the direction that he is going, the way that he is taking us. So this past year, you may not have crossed a river. You may not have seen everything part. And we know that we ha- may not have crossed COVID yet, right? This, this morning, many of you are all online. It's awesome to have you there. It's awesome to have a few people here as well. We know that we aren't fully across things. That we can be in the middle of an experience and we can take time to pick up a few rocks worth remembering. That God has done something over this past year. It may not be what we were expecting. It may not be the way that we thought it was going to go. But that does not mean that God was not active. And so we have the ability to intentionally remember what God's faithfulness looked like as we enter into 2022. So here's kind of the why. is Knowing the soils of our faith helps us live out as a community, but also as individuals, the story of God 
If we know that God has moved in our lives, we can hold on to those moments. As things get murky, as they get messy, as they get confusing, as they get debilitating, as whatever comes our way, when we know where God has been, we know that God is part of the story. And that helps us then enter deeper into God's story, the story of restoration, knowing that God is for, God is acting, God is going to continue to do that. And reconciliation, that God desires to bring all things to himself, that he is with us as we go through stuff. So as a church, we have this practice as well, is that it's not just about individuals going through faith. It's us as a church. We, we have done things together that we have life alongside. Some of us see each other more regularly. Some of us see each other every few Sundays. And then with the pandemic, it may have been like every few months. But we as a, a church have the ability to connect as we, as we go through a year. We have the ability to reflect on what God has done as a larger group, what he's done in our community. And so what's interesting as well, and this is where I'd love to see you do something in the chat as well, is that the 12 men who were sent to get stones didn't all pick up 12 stones. Right? It's not like one guy, go get 12 stones, tear, carry them all over. It's not a one-person task. And that's why it's also a beautiful thing to remember in community. It's that it's 12 people getting 12 stones. So for, for you online, or if you're here in person, you want to pull up on your phone, if there's something over this past year that you noticed that God was up to, that God was active in, I would love for you to put it in our chat bar to say, this is one way that I saw God active in our community. Because it's not just my one job to carry all 12 stones and say, hey, look, this is what we remember. It's an opportunity for us all to engage in reflection. Uh, and it may not just be today because some of our memories are slower. It might be middle of the week. Feel free to message back on it or talk to your community group and share something that you saw God doing. So I have some reflective prompts if you want help to look back. Think of a definitive marker in a way that God has moved in this past year. So it's not just, oh, what might he have done? Was there a moment that stands out to you where you're like, oh, I remember God did something. And if you don't fully have it like formed, you're like, I remember March. It was like, what did we see God do in March? Maybe just type, there was something in March I can't remember. And let the community fill in that memory. Another way that we might be able to go is, uh, what would show people that God has moved in 2021 in your life or in our life as a community? Right? When the river parted, people were like, oh, that's interesting. And now we look back at history and we're like, oh, did a river really part? How would it even happen? Maybe it was just a very dry year. Like We have all these other things where we question if it happened. But what we know is when God moves, you know that God moved. And it's your story to tell. And so whether it seems like completely believable, if God moved, that's a story we can engage with. And it might add people's wondering and questioning, like, can, that, can God really do such a thing? The questions are so valuable. Like these kids looking at stones, how would he get these stones out of the middle of the river? Right? It, it brings up an opportunity for God to engage in our stories, even if we don't fully believe every story that we hear from somebody else of how God moved. So here are 12, I, I incidentally got 12, I, I didn't mean to do it, but it seems even more fitting, so I'm going to try to take credit for 12 stones, 12 points from this past year, it's not. Um, but yeah, 12 things that stood out to me as ways that in our community we saw God moving. I'm going to leave you in suspense while I get some water. And uh, I think this one might actually be my favorite. Number one, might be my favorite. My, it, it, all right, so we, we want to prioritize prayer, and we want to grow prayer as a community. 
And so we have this time before a church gathering where we want to pray and create space. So we were like 9 to 9.30, we had this window for anybody that wanted to come in and pray over the time, over the gathering, over people, over whatever. And one of the Sundays, we had a bunch of kids here, and we didn't have any adults here. And Gabe was leading this, so I, I really appreciate what Gabe does. Gabe was like, well, why don't we just pray with these kids? And so the morning prayer over the service and over our community was a prayer from the children, praying for you, praying for me, praying for what we do as a church body. And I think that might be my favorite because it is the church. It is what ministry looks like. It was God's kingdom here on earth where we can trust the kingdom in the hands of little children because God is the mighty one. It's not us with our theological degrees. It's not you with whatever great ability you have. It's literally God's movement with his people, young and old. So that's my favorite. I think it's all downhill from there, but there's still 11 others I'm going to share. But that one I absolutely love from this past year. Well, I think kind of like connected to that one is we hired Gabe. Gabe, hey, yeah, let's get some clapping in here. Yeah, you can clap online or just like, yeah, yay, Gabe. Right? We, we as a church needed to hire a children's and family pastor. And we had started talking about it literally a year ago, like just before the New Year's. And some of the thought was like, yeah, like with, with John, I know you're out today, with John retiring, is it the right time to even start talking about it? And here we are, a year later, we have Gabe, we have like my favorite moment in ministry from this past year, directly connected to the, the faithfulness of God providing Gabe, and also the faithfulness of providing the way that we could hire Gabe. So I, I think that's another way that we can celebrate God being a part of our community. Uh, going along with hiring, because that seems to be the theme, Rebecca. Right, if you've emailed her, if you've gotten any emails from her, if like, anything's really happening here, it's because we got Rebecca here. So like, having Rebecca, yeah, we got some class going on here. She's, she's over there. You guys can't see her. But yeah, it's, it's another great opportunity where like, you guys know how great Kit is. Kit, I think you might be watching this a little later. You know how great Kit is in the work that she has done here. Like, that's not easy to just step into that role. And Rebecca has done a great job. So that is another great story from this past year. Now moving into like the activity thing, the things that we are doing as a church, uh, you heard in our announcements that a little story of the pantry. Like this idea started happening, I think it was like mid-pandemic or maybe early pandemic, whatever things work out now. Like what if we put in a pantry where people can access things that they might need? And so it took a little while and it got off the ground. And now it's such a great opportunity because like that thing is being used regularly. And it's awesome because it also gives us an opportunity to reach out to the larger Stanley Park neighborhood, post saying, hey, like, we could use some things. Or, hey, it's super full. Drop by if you need something. It allows a conversation with the culture around us to say, we care for you. We care not just like, oh, like, we like you, but we like, no, like, we want to find a way to serve you. Find ways to bring God's tangible kingdom to those that need food, that need supplies, that need care. And so the, the pantry stories, as they continue to go, is one of the great stories as well, where we've seen God provide a pantry, but also, like, we aren't really where it's located, like, super visible, but it's being used so regularly. So that is another exciting thing to see that God is doing. Uh, our community groups. Over the past 12 months, we've seen a lot of growth in our community groups. Not, not everybody's a part, and 
I would encourage you to consider being more a part if you are, or if you're on the fringes of a group. Think about getting engaged, because it's been such a great story seeing how these groups are uniquely growing to be a spot where faith, life, and community happens, where we can share some of our struggles, where we can celebrate together, where sometimes we get to eat whenever COVID's doing better, I guess. We get to have meals with each other. We get to go out for walks. We get to pray. We get to do studies in the scriptures. We get to serve together. And a highlight I'd say out of all these community groups, which have a bunch of highlights for themselves, was our last Outreach Sunday. Outreach Sunday is something we love doing here, and it's something that always brings highlights. But this one was a decentralized, where we allowed each community group to find a, a thing that they're passionate about, something that they feel God is guiding them to do, and to step into that gap. And, and from that, we've had other opportunities and other things where these community groups are still living out the posture of life on mission where they're finding ways to be together as they care for somebody else or bring their resources to meet a need. And so I think that's another way that we've seen God continually moving. And an exciting one is coming up. The end of this month is another Outreach Sunday where we'll see the community groups find what God is doing in their community and meet that again. So there's, next year's highlight is about to happen, I'm sure. Uh, then we also have a really, really cool one. 2020 left us with I think it was like eighteen dollars to $30,000 worth of debt, somewhere in that range, whatever that number is. Um, as you can tell, I'm not very detail-oriented on that one. But we had a bunch of debt as a story. And this year, we've covered that debt. That we made up last year's debt, and we're not just like paycheck to paycheck kind of thing. It's like we've made that up, and we've paid off this year. So next year, we are poised to do better. We're, we're not trying to pay off the past. We're ready to engage with whatever God is going to do in 2022. So I think that's not just a, a great thing structurally, it's actually a great countercultural thing because our culture is all about debt. It's figuring out how do we get as much as we can now and figure out paying for it in the future. But we are living counterculturally now that we don't have to carry that debt. Uh, so that is an amazing thing and God has been so good to us. Um, we're at number seven. We're running shorter on time. I was, I'll blame it on the mic problem. That's me. Uh, number seven, the year of sustaining. And this is actually probably a bigger idea. I don't have enough time. But the year of sustaining would have been 2020. Right? We, we kind of cast out a bunch of things back in 2020, trying to figure out what's going to keep us going. We figured out what uh, is essential in our lives. But now we have a year of resilience. So we, we were in this year with the essentials. And from there, we were like, oh, we were hoping to move forward. And there was some steps forward. But I think this year was a year of resilience, 2021, where if you're online or if you're here in person, being still part of a faith community, still having a rhythm of exploring faith on Sunday mornings together communally is a, is a sign of resilience. Being part of a community group is a sign of resilience, that your faith was one that God held together in this community. That it wasn't just like, ah, oh, you know, like I'm done with this. We'll move on to the ne next, 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 Netflix. Oh, that was so hard to say. Next Netflix binge. That you found God continually drawing you into community. And us as a church, being a church that has people exploring and being a part of our community, that people see that faith is resilient, that faith is something to continue to step into. And so I think that's another way that we have seen God be a part of our community this past year is that he has kept us being a community. We didn't just close up and say, yeah, like COVID's changed everything, get on with whatever. 
but we found ways to continue to live out our faith and double down on the moments that really mean something. Uh, number eight is just continual rink stories from last year. We always would see somebody out skating on the rink, and this year we have a rink. I tested it. My shoe is still a little bit wet. It's not frozen yet, um, but we, <laughs> yeah, right? So I, I thought it was a little thicker than it was. It wasn't. So we, we have a rink again, and that's because we as a community remembered that God was showing up in a unique way with the way that we got to serve our neighborhood by having a rink. We had little stories of kids down the street coming to see if like, the church would let them use the rink. And we're like, absolutely. It gave us an opportunity to say that we want to be for you. Uh, another, another great thing that happened this past year was the Wonder Woman's Conference. Many were a part of that, and many still have great moments and stories of how God moved or reminded them, or connected with them in the practice of gathering as women to look at what God is guiding them and what their identity is in Christ. Uh, there's a few other ones I, I'm just going to breeze through as well. Um, people exploring faith in our community in the last few months. Since we returned in September, we've had more people checking us out as a community to see if this is a spot that they can see Jesus. And that's exciting, knowing that God is bringing people through our physical doors, and I'm sure there might be somebody online today as well, where they are like, hey, can I learn about Jesus here? I think that is a point of celebration from this past year. Uh, another one is our relaunching of Sunday gatherings. While we are prioritizing online today, it is still a huge thing that in September, we started regathering after 17 months. And I think on top of that is number 12, is the relaunching of kids' ministry, that we were able to do something to reach to love and care for children, because that's a, a deep part of our community's heartbeat is to continually grow and love children. So there's many untold stories. I only rushed through 12 of them. And I'm sure that in community groups, each one of you has a, a story you'd like to share. So I encourage you this next week to take time to reflect on your stories, to look where God has been moving in your, in your life, and to, to open up that part of your story to people in your community group, to allow them to see what God has done, because that allows us to continually to grow, to connect, and see God's faithfulness. It's those stones that Joshua's group pulled out and set up to remember. It's having a thing where people can ask questions. What does this mean? How do you know that God moved? And that helps us grow in our faith in the year to come. So I hope that today is one that has encouraged you. I hope that it encourages you to set aside time to look back over this past year. If you're a journaler, I'd love for you to make a practice of looking back at some of the notes of ways that you've seen God show up. Or if you are a Bible plan reader, maybe take a quick peruse back through the scriptures that you read through. See if there's something God wants to remind you of going into this year. Uh, and once again, if you're in a community group, find ways to reflect as a, as a smaller community. What has God done in your group? How has he brought you together? How has he moved? How has he guided you? As we engage God through scripture, we know that God is continually moving. We, we saw in Joshua's story people from a very different culture engaging with the same God. Then they knew that when God moves, it's worth remembering. That our memories are challenging and we might forget, even something as big as the, the sea parting. And so we, as a church, continue to take practice in remembering. I encourage you over this next year to set up markers where you can think back, because it will be 2022 or 2023 or 2024 before we even know it. And the challenge is, if we don't continually remember our Lord, 
The God who has drawn us, the one that has provided a way, the one that has moved in miraculous ways in many people's lives. We're going to be moving forward in paths that may not be his path. In ones that mean that we're going to lean more to the New Year's restitution, trying to make up for the mistakes that we've made, versus engaging with God and celebrating what he has done and stepping into the next, next year with him in stride. I pray that you have a great new year, that God is with you, and that he brings great memories of all the times he has been with you as a child of his. Lord, bless us. Let us be with you in this next year. Guide our hands, guide our feet, shape our hearts, shape our lives. Move us into deeper community together and allow us to celebrate your name in the small ways, the beautiful ways, and even the big ways that you move. Thank you for being with us and for being for us. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. Thank you.